the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. And here he is, our financial and retirement expert in studio, Larry Rosenthal. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I think we're in for a good day. How about you? It's always a good day with you in here in the studio, oh, sir. Oh, that nice? Oh, you're so sweet. What can I yeah. say? Yeah. <laughs> I take back every bad thing I ever said about you. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, but sir. But I've never said anything bad. I know. You don't have to take anything bad. That's right. You're a good guy. Good guy. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. Larry Rosenthal show here. Boy, Saturday. The markets are closed today. Thank goodness. I'm huh? tired of this roller coaster. There you go. There you go. Hey, but you know what? I got some really good news. Have some really good news about some of this volatility. When we reach down, dig deep, and sort of unpack what's going on, we can see, well, sometimes it's a little muddy, but sometimes you can sort of see through the weeds a little bit, see through the trees at the whole forest of what's really happening, okay? And and some good news here. First of all, let's sort of paint the picture so that we can all sort of get a grip around What's going on with the markets, the economy, and things like that? Uh, first of all, congratulations to, to, to several, several people that have, have been investing during this period of time, okay, mm-hmm. that have been putting new money in in, in this period of time. And that's probably going to pay off in the long run very well. But anyway, let's just go, go back here real quick and, and, and talk about uh, uh, where we are and what's happening. So, so we saw more um, volatility erupting this past week. Right. Mm-hmm. The markets were up, down thousands of points back and forth all week long. I got it this. ended up, you know, 300 and some points Friday. Wednesday was up. The other days were down this week and big swings, thousand points, 700 points, all that kind of stuff. Red light, green light. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So as as volatility continues to erupt, what's the cause of this? And the cause of this is good news. Well, what's so good about good news? Too much good news. Mm-hmm. Too much good news. It's all based off of uh, weekly or, or, or U.S. wage earnings. So we've had an uptick in U.S. wage inflation, okay? And that was also compounded a little bit or added to by an upbeat in purchasing manners uh, uh, orders as well. So, so with all of this good news coming in, we see inflation is starting to get into the system. Now, what has the Federal Reserve been saying for 10 years, 9 or 10 years? 
We need inflation to come back into the system. We need a, a, a an organically growing economy, which is going to produce some growth and inflation. You got to normalize we're, these interest rates a little bit. We're getting what we wanted, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, we built it and it ate us. <laughs> oh no! Okay, <laughs> so stop and think about this for a second. Here we go. It's a bad Godzilla. Let's movie. unpack this here. Here's the really good news. Surprisingly. When you when 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 stock prices tend to get volatile like this, we tend to see people sell out of stocks and move to bonds. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you buy bonds, that means the more you buy bonds, the higher the price goes, and the lower the interest rate drops. When prices go up in bonds, the yields go down or the interest, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not seeing that. We're seeing bond prices spike as well. So that means that there's really, uh, surprisingly, a little flight to quality, to use Wall Street speak. So where are people moving the money to? They're not moving it to bonds. They're moving it to the sideline, okay, or they're rebalancing. Now, a lot of this stuff, the volatility, has been basically um, uh, uh, the, the fault of, leveraged ETFs and leveraged ETNs having to unwind themselves during this period of time. That's what a, l- a large part of the volatility is is related to. So so this is not, you know, this is not something the average investor even gets in behind or deals with. This is a lot of stuff coming from hedge funds and at the end of the day, the markets are now actually looking at the new economy we're in now, which is growth and introducing wage inflation, and that's going to introduce inflation into the system. Hence, interest rates are going to slowly rise. So the knee-jerk reaction, the shock and all of all of this is rates are going to go up. Mm. Oh, no, it's going to stave off the, the growth in the economy. Sell, sell, as sell. Long, yep, as long as the Fed raises rates in a, in a slow, moderate pace, they're going to probably continue to forecast. You know, I don't know. We have a new Fed chair who just took over this past week, Jerome Powell. And, boy, what an introduction. You know, his first <laughs> day on the job, the, the market drops 4%. Yeah. I bet he's sitting there thinking, what am I doing here? What okay. I do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. There you go. But but at the end of the day, we can just sort of see the the business cycle, the economic movement from 2007 and eight all the way to this point now where the Federal Reserve has basically – uh, backed off and, and, and said, you know, hey, look, we're, we're still here. We're still going to be ac- accommodative if needed, but we don't need it right now. The economy is cruising along fine. And and when you look at the, the managing purchases index and you look at wage growth and you look at unemployment numbers and you look at all of these things, and even the global PMI, you look at all of these things and you just see that the, the economy, Europe, Japan, U.S., synchronized growth across the globe, you see all of this growth happening right now. Mm. And, and then on top of that, I think it's going to continue because with our tax cuts, it's going to make other nations look at their corporate tax rates, too. We could see a lowering you know, around the globe, which is going to spur more growth and more, more, more things like that. So this is all part of the normal cycle, and the volatility is simply because Wall Street is recognizing the, the turning – around the corner we've turned the corner into you know 
stocks trading based off of uh, corporate earnings and, and, and what's happening in the economy, which is the right thing to do. So so this is all all, all okay, and, and uh, you know, the, the word seems to be another, another you know, couple of weeks or, or, or volatility and things like that. Now, there's no guarantees that we're not going to stop or go down from here or anything like that, but but this is important times when you want to make sure that your portfolios are diversified and that you understand. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we first started seeing volatility, talking about your standard deviation and the beta in the portfolios. In other words, if the market goes up, how high are you going to go up? Mm-hmm. But on the downside, if the market goes down, how far down are you going to go and those are the those are the things that we need to to make sure are working and functioning correctly in your portfolio there's a lot to be said for just writing those too right just writing through this volatility and not making any major big moves and then well yes i mean if you stop and you look at it chris you know on a year-by-year basis here's here's how funny the numbers are okay here's how funny the numbers are when, when when you're talking about writing through this okay Take the take the you know just take the S and P five hundred last year, it did about nineteen percent. Well, right now it's down a little less than three year to date. Mm-hmm. So when you when you take a look at this and go, okay, we're we're halfway through February, we're six or seven weeks into the year, and the market's down three percent. Is that a cause for concern? Probably not. Most people would would chalk that up to normal fluctuation. And then you add, well, last year the S&P did about 19%. So we did 19 last year, and right now, year to date, we're down about three. Okay, well, the headlines are showing that the market's down over 10 from its peak. So there was a point in time last year, around December-ish or November-ish, whatever it was, when the S&P was up even higher, but it pulled back a little bit, ended up 19, and now it's down about three. So, so when you when you look at how the financial press tends to manipulate some of the numbers, it's fact though. They're they're saying fact that the market is was the other day in official correction territory because it was 10 percent below the all-time high. That's true by definition, but when you look at your year-by-year numbers, it's really not all that bad either. So, so right? if, you're, if you're Warren Buffett right now, is this a red light special at Kmart? Go out there and buy it, buy it, buy would you it's, say? It's definitely things are, are, are on, on sale, sale yeah. okay? Um, there, there's no doubt about that, but it's not blood in the streets by any means. <laughs> you know, n- n- nothing close to that. At, but at, look at for all. some value here and pick up some extra stocks. It might be a good thing to do at this point, right? Without a doubt, Chris, without a doubt. You know, and, and let's focus back on the on the Fed here. You know, Jerome Powell, again, was, was sworn in uh, this past week. And, yeah, poor and, guy. <laughs> yep, there you go. There you go. You know, so so he, he, he inherits a market that drops 4% on the first day that he's, that he's in there. And, it's not and a self-esteem then, thing, I hope. <laughs> I'm sure he's okay with it, yeah. Um, but, you know, now, now – you know he's off and running on on February 28th. He's going to uh, uh, get up to Capitol Hill and testify in front of the Senate Banking Committee, and then on uh, March 20th and 21st is the Fed's first official meeting with him at the helm. And there's a good indication right now that that they're probably going to raise interest rates at that meeting. You know, 25 basis points or 0.25 of one percent. Now. At that meeting, that's going to give the markets clarity of direction again. 
So clarity of directions just around the corner here uh, with, with, with it all. So, you know, not to panic, not to do anything at all, but this is why people have portfolios built. This is why you have some of your less volatile equities inside your investments. This is why you have some bonds inside your investments. And this is why sometimes you even have cash inside your investments. Because remember, at, in 2008, we were 10 years ago, you know, in the financial crisis. Now we're 10 years closer towards retirement or 10 years further into retirement. We want to make sure that our portfolios are positioned from a risk return relationship according to the needs that we have today in our investment objectives. That's the that's the deal. I've preached that for years and years and years, and most financial advisors do that as well. So, so uh, all good there. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. If you have any questions on anything, if you have questions on the markets, the economy, hedge funds, whatever's going on in your mind today about all this market turmoil and stuff, uh, it, it's basically the clarity of turning the economic news to more growth, and this is what we're getting here. So give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123, or 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense, and I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. More information to help you meet your financial goals. Coming up on The Larry Rosenthal Show. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise? Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, here's our telephone number, 855-767-3123. That's 855 855- Rose123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio, taking your calls right now. Larry. Sure, Chris. So, you know, getting on top of more economic data, again, things are, you know, people buy stock based off the future earnings of a corporation estimates, right? So right now, January, February of 2018, the S&P 500, our companies are reporting their fourth quarter earnings, October, November, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, October, November, December of 2017. That's being reported right now. So as of the other day, 294 companies have reported their fourth quarter earnings. 77.9% of them have reported earnings that beat 
the analyst expectations. So that's a very strong number. It's very good. So blended earnings, meaning earnings that are, are you know, some are doing good, some are doing bad, um, are expected to increase 14.3% this quarter over last over the fourth quarter last year. Uh, and the revenues, top-line revenues, are expected to advance by 7.8%, almost 8%. Uh, so, so corporate America is doing very well mm-hmm. uh, with with everything. So, um, you know, very, very, very good. You know, I see we have some callers on the line. Uh, they're saying they don't want to don't want to ask questions, but a lot of people will call in during the while we're on on the air here and want to get copies of our newsletter or get their financial planning toolkit sent out to us uh, or, or, or to them. Excuse me. So we've sent out tens of thousands of these financial planning toolkits over the years. If you want to get a copy of one. It's going to sort of draw a line in the sand and, and sort of ask the question, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where will I be down the road? Mm-hmm. And give you some options and choices to start thinking about it for what your financial objectives are with you and your family. So you if know, you I want was... to get a copy of our financial planning toolkit, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. What you say, Chris? No, I was just excited about I just happened to notice just the other day that uh, I was receiving some uh, newsletter kind of things in my email, and it's pretty pretty good information. I was kind of Kind of happy to see that. So, I mean, that's available too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you want to get on our email list, there's no no questions about that. You can go to my website and uh, just sign right up. It's very easy to do. It's not, not hard at all uh, with, with you know, all the electronic stuff that we have going on these days. Yeah, so, very, pretty very, interesting very stuff. Easy. There's some good stuff. Anyway, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, with any of your financial planning or investment questions. So let's take a look here. We've got some 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 a little bit more news. The S and P since 1950, or, or I'm sorry, over the last 50 years, uh, has averaged 10.1 percent. And during that period of time, we've gone through seven bear markets of at least a 20 percent decline. So not that we're there, or not that I, not that we hope that we go there or anything like that. But it just says it's ride time the in the market. Yes, yeah, it's time the in the market. That that's what it is. So so that that brings me to to some important points on financial planning that I want to discuss today. And. I want to sort of just just sort of play this out and just say, you know, why is it important to factor inflation into retirement planning? We have often heard many, many sad examples of people retiring in 2007 only to get their investments hit very hard in 2008 and nine. Right. Mm -hmm. So you talk about sequencing of returns. You talk about retirement planning, retirement timing. What's the timing? You know, just because you're going to retire next year doesn't mean the markets or the economy is going to cooperate with your time frame on your calendar. Right, Chris? That's right. So so why is it important to factor inflation into retirement planning? First of all, let's break down these numbers on inflation. In, in Inflation erodes your purchasing power. You know, remember we would always say, yeah, my mom would always tell me, I could have gone to the court, to the movies for a quarter all day long, you know. <laughs> and now it's a, you know, it's a $20 event, I guess. Penny. I don't know what it is. I right? could get a piece of candy for a nickel. Yeah, I yep. remember all those. <laughs> yep. So, so when you stop and you think about, well, let's look at inflation. So, okay, let's look at averages, just like we can look at the market averages. So, so I just talked about the S&P over the last 50 years has averaged. But there's been some bad years along the way, right? We've had seven recessions during that period of time of a 20% or more decline. 
So in 50 years, we've had seven of them, right? So if you were to retire right on the front end of it and then get hit with that, probably not such a happy you know, story during the first year or two of retirement. Same scenario with inflation. Inflation runs about 3% on average. However, inflation has been very, very low over the last 10 years. It's been in the mid-ones, right? Mm-hmm. But always so, we recover, right? It always seems to recover and come back a little they bit. They do. So stop and think about this for a second here. You know, if you retire at, at 65, I was just talking to a client the other day. She's retired. She's 63. And we were looking at her financial plan. And, and we were running it out to 93. And she goes, that's 30 years. Mm. <laughs> I said, yep, that's right. <laughs> So, so what do you think inflation is going to do during your retirement time frame, right? Think about this. You're going to be retired for 25, 30 years in retirement. What's going to happen? Well, it's clearly going to go up. I mean, it has well, to. A lot, it, yeah. So, so my point is timing of this. A lot of people will say, well, it just averages, you know, 3% or whatever it is. You know, we'll stop and, and think about this here for, for a second. What about inflation? during the, 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 the period of the 70s and the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Well, interest rates were really high, too, back in that time. That's my point. When inflation gets high, interest rates really spike up, Chris. So, so when you stop and you take a look at the long-term average of this, you know, at, at 3%, yeah, that, that's great. But we had huge periods So so the average, when you look at the long-term average of 3%, it conceals periods of skyrocketing prices, like the 70s and the 80s. We had had double-digit rates of inflation back then. Now, some will say, yeah, but that was a changing in understanding monetary policy, this, that, and the other, and everything. Yeah, that's true, but my point is this, is that when – when you sit down and get ready to retire, like right now, we're starting to see inflation come into the economy, and that's what's sort of driving some of this volatility, right? We talked about that at the top of the show and for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, it's a good thing that prices are going up, wages are going up, okay? But on the other hand, it might not be such a good thing if you're getting ready to retire because now you're getting ready to retire when the economy is facing for the first time in 10 years, inflationary pressures. So how do you build that into your financial plan? Most people today are overlooking that factor. When you're running out your financial plan, you need to be running it out at a higher rate of inflation than what's published this year. Okay? We run inflation out in our financial plans for clients at 3.74% instead of just 3 uh, we, we we just come up with a math a little bit differently. Uh, you know, inflation has been tick, ticking along under 2% the last 10 years, and a lot of people are running it out that way. And that's that I believe that's incorrect because just like timing in the market, you get ready to retire in 2007, and then you get hit with a market adjustment like you did in 2008, the same thing can happen here with inflation. You get ready to retire in 2018, and we get some inflation in 2019, your purchasing power won't go as far. If inflation hits true during your period of of retirement years and it averages 3%, how does that translate into your purchasing power? So basically, it cuts your prices, it cuts your purchasing power in half over 23 years. So so if if you're living on $50,000, 
when you're when you're 60 years old, let's suppose you retire at 60, just so I can do math easy here. You retire at 60, Chris, mm-hmm. and inflation hits you at 3%. Then when you're 83, you're going to need a little over $100,000 just to purchase the same thing you purchased when you were at 60 with 50000 That's inflation, but it's interesting. I was just looking back to when I was in high school, or actually just about the end of my high school years, uh, in the eighties, early eighties, it was twenty. The, the interest rate was twenty percent back in that day, right around yes. that time. Twenty percent, and it's, yes. And it's I like, remember one of my good friends back then being very happy that he got an that he got a mortgage at like seventeen percent. Uh, I know, and it's like in the mid, lower fours, roughly about now, and that's that's just amazing to me that there's people that that are concerned about that as as much as you know we would have in the past been concerned. It, it's much better, <laughs> much better. Yes, yes. You know, if, if inflation hits hits you at 4%, then it cuts your purchasing power in half, <clears throat> excuse me, every 18 years. Mm-hmm. Okay? <clears throat> but put it in perspective now. Take a 40-year-old. So a 40-year-old who's making $100,000 a year, when they're 63, they're going to be they're going to be needing to make $200,000 a year to have the same purchasing power at age 40 that 100 brings them. And then when they're 86, they're going to need to be making $400,000 a year in retirement income just to maintain the same purchasing power that they had when they were 40 years old with $100,000 of income. That's 3% inflation right there. Mm-hmm. That's how inflation works. Okay, So it's important to understand that. that well, that's why they want to curb it as much as they can, drop that Well, down. the Fed has, has a few mandates, and two of the primary ones are maximum employment and price stability or beating back inflation. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening now is we're starting to so – we've got maximum employment. That's going to breed inflation. So that's why you have cycles, business cycles, interest rate cycles, and things like that. It's all part of the cycle. So – your responsibility, your job as an investor, our job as financial advisors is to say, okay, here we see the cycle changing. Are our investments positioned correctly to take advantage of what's coming down the road? That's where the rubber really meets the road. That's the, those are the questions that you need to be asking yourself. Those are the questions you can be asking your financial advisor. Those are the questions you should be calling and, and asking about is, you know, what do you see down the road and around the corner? So it's important to understand just because you're having inflation and interest rates rising doesn't mean investment time is over. It means that you may have to shift different types of investments around. That's all that my point is, is make sure when you're working with your advisor or you're doing your own spreadsheets at home or online or wherever you are, that you're simply going, okay, now I've got to include some inflationary pressures growing. And remember, the government might point out inflation being at 1.8%, but I, I, I always contend that each family has different levels of inflation, Chris. Where you spend your uh, discretionary money, where you spend your Chris Mad money is different than where I spend my Larry Mad money. You know, yeah, um, it is. You know, so, so, so you have to take a look at if if you're if you're the type who who goes out to dinner a lot and goes to the movies a lot, your inflation pressures are are, are, are a lot higher than somebody who who's who 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 watches movies at home and 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 eats in a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's got the same inflationary pressures when it comes to uh, you know toiletries, toilet paper, toothpaste. You know, hair products, that kind of stuff. Is but that where you spend have... your mad money? Is on hair products? I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but everybody's got different uh, uh, mad money. You should call it, you know, inflationary pressures, where you're spending your discretionary funds. 
and and you have to really keep a good, good eye on that. So anyway, my point is times are changing. We need to be on the front end of all of this and, and taking a good look at it. Hey, let's take a quick break here and give us a ring. Let's open up the phone lines again. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. And by the way, most 401K plans and, and retirement plans, government TSP and stuff like that, are not positioned in bonds to be in the right spot when interest rates start to rise. So you really have to dive into your retirement plans and take a good, solid look at this. Big questions on that. Give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. You'll listen to Make You Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-323. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. When you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller... Your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, here's our phone number, 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. That's eight five five Rose one two three. Go ahead and call right now with any questions that you have of our financial and retirement expert in studio. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal. Let's welcome Bob on the line from Stafford. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? Oh, uh, good. Thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Yeah, I'm getting close to retirement, and uh, I just wanted to. Um, uh, see what you think, whether um, uh, we are to invest uh, some or just uh, you know get, get an assessment of, wh- of where we stand by the time I retire. Sure, that's easy to do. You know, we, we, we can just sit down. We can have one of our advisors sit down with you if you like and just sort of draw a line in the sand and take a look at where you are and see what kind of income your investments are going to deliver to you, what your expenses are, your your pension if you have one, Social Security, and just sort of build you out a cash flow retirement assessment. That That's not hard to do. The The big thing today is, you know, the, the, the rules 
of money change once you introduce withdrawals to them. So you need to make sure that your investments, Bob, are conducive to producing growth for the future because of life expectancies as well as current income today. So there's investment strategies and, and, and investment mutual funds and things like that that are designed specifically to do that. So that's really the way we have to break it all down. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, yes. Um, uh, one thing is I have, um, the, you know, familiar with the thrift savings plan. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, government uh, uh, savings plan. And I am considering to uh, leave it there and let it grow instead of uh, taking it out and reinvesting it uh, if we can uh, get by without it. Because I've heard, first of all, we have to give 20% tax on that. And then uh, the rest, um, what, what, how we uh, invest it, uh, it's, it's the next phase. Well, Bob, the, the, you only have to pay 20% tax if you pull the money out and have them write you a check with it. If you pull the money out and put it into an IRA, then there is no tax. That's a tax-free movement. There's four things okay. that you can do with money at an old employer, such as the TSP. One, you can leave it there. Two, you can cash it out. Three, you can move it to another employer, or four, you can roll it over to your own IRA account. And and all of them have pros and cons to it, okay? Um, You know, you have to look at the investment lineup and the fees involved. One of the challenges that that the TSP has right now going forward is with interest rates rising, the the bond portion or the F fund uh, may not do so well in, in, in the future. And so that leaves you, you know, in the in the TSP, there's only a handful of investments, the CGFS and I funds. So you have international, right. you have the S&P, you have small company stocks, you have bonds, and then, and then the, the guaranteed interest account. So, so you have to take a look at how are these investments working in today's economy, then how are they working with your investment objectives, fees involved, and things like that. So um, – you know, it's it, 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 it's a longer conversation, but it is something that you really need to take a good good solid look at it. And remember, also, when you roll the money, if you decide to roll the money to to your own IRA, you can invest in very similar indices uh, that the TSPs invested in too. When when you look at what their their breakdown is of of everything, but by putting the money into your own IRA account, it enables you to have a much greater choice of investment strategies than what's inside the TSP. And that's pretty much the same, Bob, for, for many employer plans, many 401k-type plans out there. They're, they just uh, can't open up mm-hmm. things to every every possibility there. Right. Uh, somebody told me that um, uh, I would recommend put 30% uh, on um, other funds, and I was wondering, my, mine is mo- uh, almost all in, in G fund, which is the the lowest rate of return. And where would you recommend that I put? Like the C fund is the stocks. I understand. Well, the the Bob the the G fund gives you the stability of principal, but the risk to the G fund 
is what's facing our economy now, and that's inflation because it's not going to keep pace with purchasing power. So the longer you keep money in a G fund or in the bank, the less purchasing power you have going forward, especially when inflation gets introduced into the economy, which is what's causing the, the fears on Wall Street right now. So, so oh, the yeah. so you really have to you know sit down and bo- and boil it down. If if you like, I'll I'll send you out our toolkit, and I'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week, and maybe set up a phone call consultation where they can dive a little bit further into what you should or shouldn't be doing. I really don't want to tell you yes, move your money here, there, or around yes, without yes. getting too much di- you know information from you, uh, uh, because I don't want to give you the wrong wrong advice. Does that make sense? All right, well, let me place you on hold, Bob. And we have your number here, right? Yep, and I'll go ahead and place you on hold, and and, uh, Bob here in the studio gets some information from you, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week and get you a little bit more in-depth knowledge for your situation, okay? Okay. Appreciate the phone call. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 Rose, one, two, three, let's shoot on over to Woodbridge and welcome Janice on the line. Good morning, Janice. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? Well, first of all, thank you for taking my call. Uh, my sure. question is about, about um, timing the market. So without taking column one, two, three again, I want to know when are the good times to get in. Like, for instance, I know around Black Friday um, when they make the retail projections, um, or I can't remember, some September, October, whenever that is, um, or when the Fed's about to make a determination as to what to do with the interest rate, is there any resource that would give me all of the dates um, or uh, events that might impact the market or the volatility of the market? Or can you just tell me what they are? <laughs> yes. there's. So you want to know what, what sort of a, a little – leading indicator, a little tip ahead of time as to when the market's going to drop so you can time to get in at a low exactly. point, right? Exactly. Okay, well, um, <laughs> if anybody <laughs> could do that, then they would be doing it from their yacht with the helicopter pad on it, okay? Got you, got you. Uh, so, so let's just get the rules of engagement out there first, okay? Okay. So, so there are there are times, you know, like this right here. The mm-hmm. market's pulled back ten percent from its high. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are people that have been frantically buying during this period of time mm-hmm. because they're going, "Hey, I love X Y Z stock, but now I'm getting it ten percent cheaper." I really, really like it, and it motivates them to write a check. Right. So, so you, you you have to really just take a look at where stock prices are and what's caused them to pull back. What's caused them to pull back here is sort of a changing of the guard, a changing of economic data. Mm-hmm. That's really what you need to look at, Janice, is now we're moving into a, a period of inflation. Right. Managing purchase uh, – uh, 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 in, in, in PMI, excuse me, I couldn't think of the word. PMI index is moving up. Wages are moving up. That's going to introduce inflation. The Fed now is going to have more of an aggressive stance, and, and the word aggressive really isn't uh, really is overused in that in that sense. But more of a stance of raising interest rates. So when interest rates go up, how does that affect stocks? So break down the 11 sectors that are in the S&P 500. You've got financials, you've got telecom, you've got 
real estate. You've got all these different places, right, 11 sectors. How does a rising interest rate environment affect those sectors of stocks? Okay. Some of them is going to affect it good. So we're at the beginning stages of this. Those are some stocks that you may want to look to get into. Others, it's not going to affect well. It's going to, it's going to affect them in a negative way. You want to get out of those. Same with bonds. Bond prices, what happens to bonds when interest rates go up? Remember, there's two sides to the bond street. There's credit risk bonds, and then there's interest rate risk bonds. The interest rate risk bonds are probably going to go down in value as interest rates rise, whereas the credit risk bonds are going to go up in value when interest rates rise. And that's been proving out here over the last year and a half as interest rates have been moving up a little bit. So when the economy turns over and goes into a recession, the Fed will lower interest rates. Right. And then you want to switch the different side of the bond street you're on and switch your stocks around. So, so that's one of many indicators you can look at as well as leading economic indicators and just all these things. And there's so many data points, housing Inf uh, inflation numbers, um, uh, wages, I mean, just so many different indicators that come out all the time that you can look at. You can, you can look at what's called the, the uh, economic calendar, uh, and, and, and all these things come out all the time. These are the things that we sit around our office and read and talk about all the time. Very boring stuff, but, but that, that's what we do. Um, right. so, so during all of this time, you may find – that a stock or a sector may be out of favor for whatever reason, okay? And so you want to buy it on a dip. You've right. heard of the term buying on dips, you know? Right. But you can't really time the market. The traditional definition of timing the market, like your original question was, is, is okay, I want to get in today because it's down and out tomorrow because it's up. That's a very risky proposition, and nobody can do that, Okay. But hopefully that gives you some insight into some of the things that we look at. You just sort of have to look at what's happening. You know, we, we have a big economic shift right now that's going on. And yeah, no, when you see it, it can be very positive in, in a lot of different ways because you know where to move your investments to because right. of the forces that are coming into the economy. So it's really more of that versus market timing. Do you see what I mean? It's it's really time in the market. And if I can get a better buy today than I did three weeks ago, I'm going to take that buy today because I know it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. And, and even people that are retired, take somebody who's 70 years old, they still need to manage their money for 20-some years yeah. because of life expectancy, right? Right. So, so, so they, too, have to have that. And this is going to be very interesting here because when you take a look at the vast number of baby boomers that are retired now, okay, um, uh, baby boomers are between age 53, all right, and 70-something, and many, many of them are retired right now. We have 10,000 people a day turning 65, and that's going to happen for another ten, eight years, and we have 10,000 people a day, Janice, turning 70 and a half. That's going to happen for another 23 years. So we've got a lot of people retired, and the old adage is when you're retired, you want to move your money to bonds. Well, a lot of people since the 80s have had interest rate-sensitive bonds. As interest rates have been dropping slowly since the 80s, bond prices have been going up. Interest rates were at zero. Now interest rates are rising. They need to have different types of bonds in their portfolio. A lot of people are going to get cut, c caught short with this 
right. on understanding the allocation. That's one of the things I want to teach you here on, on the show. And I can get into this longer and longer and longer, but, but oh, does I've that kind of make it. sense to you? It, absolutely, absolutely. I just wish I could retain all of this um, and so I could <laughs> apply it all. You've given me just a, a wealth of information in a couple of minutes. Well, that's good. You know, I have, I have, uh, uh, in, in in doing this, you know, in doing wealth management, financial planning, uh, with clients for decades, we have we have different types of clients, and 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 some of our clients just say, Larry, just just do this, okay? Just take care of it for us. We'll have our normal meetings. We'll be updated and all that. And I don't want to learn this stuff. I can't understand it. And I have other clients on the other end of the perspective that want to know as much as possible. And a lot of times for those clients, they, they come into the office on our reviews, and we and we spend a few minutes doing their reviews and stuff like we're supposed to. But the majority of the meeting is learning this type of stuff. And I'll, I'll share with people websites and, and resources that we look at all the time. You know, the first Monday of each month, unless it's a holiday, then it's the second Monday, we, we rip apart the economy, unpack all of our investments, and do a huge analysis. It's an all-day meeting. Uh, it's, it's a dress-down day. We all wear jeans in the office that day, but we're just sitting there crunching numbers all day long. Uh, you know, and I've, I've stepped some clients through some of the things that we look at there. If you ever want to, you know, learn that, I'd be happy to have you come in, and, and we'll be happy to teach you some of the stuff, Janice. Absolutely. I'd love to. Well, let me put you on hold, and I'll have Bob get your information, and we'll have someone reach out to you. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You're listening to Making Money Sense. to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for, the dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, here's our phone number, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Now more with Larry Rosenthal. Sure, Chris. Let's uh, shoot on over to Bowie and welcome Laura on the line. Good morning, Laura. How are you today? I am fine, thank you. How can I help you? Calling about day trading. Day trading, Uh okay. (laughs) Just information on day trading. As a person who just started day trading, how do I go about doing that? Um, 
Well, <laughs> very carefully. Yeah, very carefully. I'm not a fan of it. Most people don't succeed at it. Uh, and and um, uh, I, I would advise against it. But if you want to know how to do it, then there's all kinds of classes and seminars you can go to that will teach you their idea of how to do it. Okay. Um, it's very difficult to do. Laura. It's dangerous, actually. Very. It is. It really is. Um, so, so you suggest I go about making money on the stock market on my own? On your own? Well, I would invest yes. in in uh, if how familiar are are you with the markets, with stocks, with options, with strategies? Do you have basic knowledge? Do you have limited knowledge, basic knowledge, or or vast knowledge? Basic with very little experience. Then I would say get get into some well-diversified mutual funds and let time take its course in the markets for you. I would also invest an hour or 90 minutes of your time to sit down with a financial advisor who can teach you and give you an outline of what you want to do, and then you can go do it yourself. Okay. Would you be available to do that? Yep, you can work with our firm. You can come on in, and we'll sit down and give you some directions, and, and then you can go do it yourself if you wanted to. Thank you. Thank you. I'd appreciate that. Let me put you on hold, and, and Bob will get your information, and we'll have someone give you a call and, and give you some, some steps to, to go about doing that, okay? Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Um, That's a good question. Well, a lot of people have that. I mean, how do I get started, right? I mean, a lot of people are a little bit weary and don't really know whether or not they could trust all of their matters with the financial planner. And you're telling them that uh, they can come by for a free consultation, right? It's not like they have to. They can come by for free yeah. consultation if they want us to show us. You know, we'll we'll charge them for our time for the for the time frame. But the other side of that, that very rarely people really talk about is this, Chris, is, okay, they go do things themselves, and then all of a sudden they turn back around and they go, this isn't working out anymore. Yeah, because eight months down the road, two years down the road, the economy has changed, the yeah. markets have changed, tax policy has changed, whatever it may be, and that's having an effect on your investments, and you're sitting there wondering, well, why is this backing up? Why is this not working well for me all of a sudden? And the question that I get or the comment that I get so many times is people saying, you know, I've done this on my own for a while, and I can't afford to do it on my own anymore. Because mm -hmm. um, so you'll get need, one mistake or one big swing where you, you We need somebody up. to watch this yeah. and make sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but, you know, hey, that's that's, you know. Well, you've got life that you have to deal with, right? Every single day, you've got the thing that you do for your living all the time, and you've got to be able to keep uh, track of that, and maybe you don't have time to take a really close look at your financials all the time. That's what you're here for. It is a full-time job. That yeah. That is true. That That is definitely true. Hey, so one of the things I also wanted to talk about today is is um, it's, it's kind of a, uh, well, it, it's an emotional subject, okay? Um, but it's it's talking to parents about important questions, right? 
and and uh, don't call my mom right now. <laughs> We're not calling your mom. Yeah, Good. Chris, I really Mrs. Don't McKay, do tell us about Chris's upbringing. Yeah, How was he as a kid? Let's not do that. <laughs> okay, um, it is a tough, t- tough thing to talk about though, when finances and parents. It is. It is, and it, it's a hard thing to talk about. And and we get this question a lot and i I've, I've always debated on on uh, cuz i have clients that are coming in and and they're they're we're always talking about this and i give them some suggestions i've always debated if i want to bring this on the air and i thought this morning why not um when we take a look at it all so so some of the que- so, some of the basics is you know do you anticipate having to take care of your your parents financially in retirement or do you anticipate receiving some sort of an inheritance from your parents uh, you know if they were to pass and both of those questions are going to lead you into some courses of actions that you really need to consider uh, why why your parents are living uh, obviously and and it's a tough tough thing I, I've seen people ask their parents and their parents rebuff them and say you know it's none of your business or, or and I've seen parents sometimes say hey this is everything we have I want to make sure everything's open and transparent so if something should happen then then you know you're good to go and and things like that so so i thought i would just talk about some of the the uh uh questions that you want to you want you want to sort of bring up and and it's i'm going to hit it with the hard one first okay because then it's a lot easier after this but but it's asking your parents you know where do you hold your financial assets what institutions are, are are your financial assets at you know what bank brokerage account where are your retirement accounts uh, including account numbers, names, who to contact, uh, what about your online passwords, insurance policies, where are they all located, social security numbers, what about you know titles to your car, to your cars, any outstanding loans that we don't know about, past tax returns, you know, uh, what about access to your safety deposit box or your, or your safe at home if you have one. These are these are tough tough conversations that you have to ask, you know. You, know, you have to find out. I, I I see, and this goes into and you hear me stumbling here because I don't want to step on any toes, but but it's a challenging scenario because I see clients going through um, tough times. You know, obviously it's always tough times when someone gets sick or someone passes. All right. Uh, but but you know if you want to get a a, a a listing of all these questions, uh, feel free to give us a call eight five five rose one two three or go to my website LarryRosenthal.com and shoot me off an email. But if you're expecting to have to take care of parents financially in retire in in their retirement years uh, and close to your retirement years, or maybe you're retiring as well. Or if you expect an inheritance, there are certain things that you need to really line up. And we could just build a whole show around this. And and we're going to start putting this into our state planning classes uh, as well. So, you know, if you're – these are just – I'm telling you, they're, they're tough conversations sensitive, to have. Yes. Yeah, very sensitive to have. And I'm stumbling a little bit here because uh, I know the show's ending here in just, just, just under a minute, and, and um, I started this segment too late. Maybe I'll bring this on next week. It'll Maybe, be good. You yeah. know what? That's what we're going to do. We're going to start the show off next week with some some questions to ask uh, parents and things like that to, to make things easier for them, easier for you, and easier for your siblings, easier for their charities, all types of things like that. So so this will be our lead subject next week. Um, 
Hey, you know, Ephesians, very clear here, chapter 1, verse 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Let's just think about that for the week coming up, and uh, let's go out and make the Lord famous, okay, uh, with, with our actions and deeds. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.